I think that with every cost, whether it's been emotional or mental or like this physical thing of space and time and things like that, I've always gotten to see him work. There is a cost and there's a surrender that comes in following Jesus and living courageously. And it can be really painful in those moments and difficult, but the reward is getting to see the Lord move and work. And that is beautiful. Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling it all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle. Come on, let's get it. Is God calling you to more, to something different or something seemingly so small, but you know the impact of the yes will have a domino effect on his plans for your future? Saying yes takes courage, boldness, and a willing heart. In episode 52 with guest Molly Wilcox, you learned how to confidently go to God with your big dreams. And in episode 54, you heard how to do it afraid and live the life God has designed for you from Pastor Becca Ketterling. In today's episode, guest Kate Berkey encourages you to be courageous and brave and surrender your wants, hopes, and desires to God's will so He can give you joy beyond what the world can offer. Kate, the co-author of A Place Called Braverly, Daring to Live Courageously, Dream Boldly, and Influence, has surrendered her life to the Lord through mission work and ministry. She has seen firsthand the incredible work the Lord has done if you are willing to be brave. She has seen women discover the heart of the Father and live courageously because of who He is and who He says they are. And she wants nothing more than that for you. So listen in as we discuss ways to use what's in your hands to take action on the courageous and brave steps God is calling you to take. Kate, welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast. It's just such a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you so much. It's so good to be with you today. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Like I said before we hopped on and started recording, it was an absolute yes for me to do this podcast because we are today are going to be talking about courage and kingdom ideas and your book, your new book, which is titled A Place Called Braverly, Daring to Live Courageously, Dream Boldly, and Influence, which is something that I get absolutely fired up about talking about, you know, steps to make impossible dreams possible with the Lord. So I'm so excited to dive into that. But before we do that, can you please give just some background on who you are and really what brought you to become a champion of this topic? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Kate. I live on the north side of Chicago right now with my husband. Um, We just got married in May, so we are marriage experts by now. We're just, we're figuring it out. We are in that transition period, but it's been really beautiful. I am a writer. 
I work with refugees and immigrants also on the north side of the city here. And so this ministry that I'm in is just never dull. It's always changing, but it's so beautiful. I get to interact with people who have come over to America to start a new life for them and their family. And my team and I, we get to serve them in whatever ways we can. We do a lot of English help and trying to meet felt needs for families. So much of what I get to do is build relationships with people. And it's absolutely amazing. I love, I love, I love what I get to do. And I I love the writing that I also get to do as well. This book that I wrote with my co-author, it was actually inspired from other ministry that I got to do in Thailand, actually. And and I love getting to walk alongside women, especially, and, and just inspire that courage in them. Um, I think that that's something that we all need in our life. And so whether I'm doing that here in Chicago or through writing and podcasts and things like that, that is so much of my heart is to walk alongside other women especially as they're trying to to figure out their relationship with Jesus, whether they have one or don't, they're just seeking. Um, that is so much of my heart and what I love. Mm, what an incredible mission. Really, what an incredible mission. You mentioned your book is based on a place actually called Braverly. So can you talk about that actual place? Like what is Braverly and how did that inspire the book? Yeah. So Braverly, I love talking about it. So I will try to keep my answers not too long, but Braverly is a training center for women, and it's on the border of Thailand and Burma in this little town called Mesat. And this town is a highly migrant town. A lot of people that live there have come over from Burma because Burma's been a mess for a really long time. Right now, it's a huge mess. Just the government has been taken over again um, by the military, and there's a lot of violence toward the people of Burma. And so in my town, in Mesat, um, where I used to live, not anymore, a lot of the people that come over there from Burma and, and a lot of the families that come over, they're trying to provide a better life for themselves and their kids. And so that's where Braverly was born. It's this training center that comes alongside women, um, mostly from Burma, but we also have some ties that work for us. There's a cafe, there's a sewing center, and really this ministry is focused on providing jobs for these women, providing stability of income, because we truly believe that if we want to lift up the family, we really need to focus on the moms. A lot of the times that they get forgotten for the sake of the kids or the the dads are the ones who are working, but truly the moms have so much influence. And so if we can help lift up the moms, if we can help them remember the dreams they once had as little girls, you know, like all kids have so many dreams for their lives. If we can help them remember that and give them opportunities to live those dreams and to grow and to have a salary at the same time, we truly believe that we can lift up the family. And so at the sewing center, women grow in their sewing skills. They they make products that are sold here in the U.S. At the cafe, we serve local customers and, you know, there's, there's everything from the coffees to bagels and muffins, all of those things. And so this ministry is to provide for those felt needs, but also provide discipleship at the same time to just help these women um, just know the truth of who Jesus is and and just the life that he gives us. And so the motto of Braverly is live brave, dream bravely, influence bravery. And so that is what inspired this book. The book is not about the women at Braverly, but it's about those ideas that kind of guide everything that we do, the ways that we interact with the women. It's all about 
um, living with wholeheartedness and also with so much courage to step into the life that the Father has for us. Oh, that's just so beautiful. So beautiful. And this was, this organization was created by, and I'm forgetting her last name, but a woman named Kayla, correct? Yes. It was started by Kayla Kuntz and also my co-author of the book, Christy Michael. They they co-founded it together and and braverly it came, um, Kayla had been in Thailand for couple of years and had spent a lot of time with the families and the women. And in that time, ask them, what do you need? Because I think it's a mistake for foreigners, especially to come into a space and say, this is what you need. (laughs) It's so much better to be dictated by the people. Hey, this is what we actually need. And, And the women talked about jobs. They talked about training. And so Braverly came from from the needs, but it also came from an actual dream, like a literal dream that she had at night once. Wow. Where she felt like the Lord led her to this space and and he said, I want you to provide an opportunity to unleash the dreams that I've given these women. And so Braverly came from hearing from the Lord, what she felt like she was hearing from the Lord, and what she felt like she was hearing from the women themselves. And and that's really how Braverly was birthed. So it was really birthed from that closeness with the Lord and trying to seek after Him and what He wanted, which I think is how all of the most amazing things in our world, that's how they start. Yes. Oh, 100%. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I love that you said that dream that she had about God wanting to leash the dreams that he's put in other women. How beautiful is that? Talking about the book, it starts really, so when we're talking about being courageous and we're talking about being brave, you really think that like it's just taking action and constantly going after something that God has given you for that dream. But really, you talk about that it all starts, that courage starts with rest. So really like how how do they intersect? What does rest have to do with courage? Yeah. So the very first chapter of the book is on this idea of rest. It's one that I actually wrote. So Christy and I split the the book. And so this is one that I wrote. And I so believe that we need to start here in this place of rest. And I don't mean like a really good nap or a really good sleep. I don't even mean self-care in the way that we talk about a lot these days. What I mean by rest is, you know, in in the Gospels, Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. And I believe that that rest is peace. It's belonging. It's stability. And it's a place of life that Jesus gives us. And it's a place that's rooted in what he's done for us and the story that he's unfolding. I think it's for me and for so many others, it's so easy to just grab life and say, like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to make this business happen. I'm going to fix my family. I'm going to do whatever it is. We are going to do these things. And I think that Jesus offers another way that is rooted in who he is and the peace that he gives and the life that he gives. And I think that living from that place of rest that's a verse in Ephesians 3, and it says that the resting place of his love, of Jesus's love, can be the source and root of our life. And I think that we have to find that place of rest. If we want to talk about true courage, if we want to talk about true bravery, I think that 
long-standing, sustainable courage that comes from Jesus and the rest that he gives us. Like right now in my life, there's a transition period that I think I'm heading into and it's really scary. I'm I'm in this season right now where I'm trying to discern where the Lord is leading and I can on any given day muster up courage for the day and I can say, "Okay, this is really scary, but I'm going to take one step. Okay, I can do this. I can do this." And within like an hour, that courage just fades because it's something that I'm trying to create Whereas I know the days where I've started from a place of rest in Jesus, those moments of quiet with him, of being in his word, because the courage that I find from that space is longstanding. And even when when I run into hurdles or when that fear comes, he is so much greater than that. So when we talk about a place of rest, we talk about being rooted in who he is. And that is just a moment by moment decision and process. And there's not like a great equation, but I think it's so important for our lives. When you said rest and the way you put it, it made me think that rest can also be active. For me, I always think of rest as I'm just sitting I'm sitting and I'm resting or I'm resting in the Lord, which that is so good. Like that's what I hear from Lord the most. And I think most people do is when, you know, you're in quiet and you're really with him. But rest can also be active. So like trusting, the word trust and rest came into my mind of, and that brings in the courage. So as you're resting right now in this, what could be a transition period, you're resting knowing like, okay, Lord, I've got you, but you're not just sitting on your couch and just waiting for him to bring things to you. You actually are living life. You have to do your marriage. You have to do your work. You're doing all of these things, but you're resting in him, knowing that he has everything in place for you to give you that courage to really move you along in life. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. So again, in the book, you state, and I love this, and dreaming bravely begins and ends with that three-letter word, the one that changes everything, yes. When we have the courage to say the simple word, we find the courage to dream bravely with the Father. And you also say that God asks us to use what's in our hands, so what we actually have in front of us. Because I think when we talk about being courageous and being brave and doing these things, we often with today's culture think so big, like it has to be big. I have to have these certain tools, like how can he use me? And so be able to use what's in your hands. How can you really evaluate what is in your hands and then have the courage to really take the steps forward? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love talking about this too, because I do think that the Lord looks at us and he asks that question that he asked Moses so long ago, what's that in your hand? And if we remember that story, he was holding a staff and it was so simple and it wasn't, it it wasn't anything extraordinary, but the Lord wanted to use this really ordinary thing to bring about the extraordinary and to bring about the big and the miraculous. And you're so right. When I think about you know, even in my own life, there's just this temptation. We think about dreaming bravely. There's this temptation to think something so far out and so huge. And maybe that is something that the Lord wants to do, but often he wants to start with what is in our hand. 
I think that evaluating and trying to figure out what's in your hand, it looks like looking at the gifts and abilities and talents that the Lord has given us in this very moment. And maybe there's things that we want to grow into. Absolutely, we want to grow in. But God has given us so many things right now. And so for me in my life, I've had to look at, okay, what do I have in my hands? And in the book I talk about, one time I, I I felt that question, heard that question, what's in your hand? And I saw the running shoes that I have. And I'm a really big runner. And I was just a high school student that was like, how can God use me for his kingdom? Like I am a sophomore in high school, but I had these running shoes and I had this passion to come alongside other kids around the world who were you know, they were orphans or they were facing just other crises that they had no power in, that they, they felt they were really powerless in. And so as a sophomore in high school, the Lord used running shoes. We actually um, started a 5K race and raised money for kids and raised awareness in our community of just needs that were happening in our community and around the world. And that's a sophomore in high school looking at what was in my hands, just a simple simple pair of shoes that were really gross because <laughs> I'd worn them a lot, but the Lord used that. And I think that it in our lives still today, that feels a little silly sometimes to think about, oh, running shoes. But I think that it's the same for us today. As we think about that question, what's in our hand? It looks like looking at the gifts, the talents, maybe the resources that the Father has given us right now. And sometimes it's tangible. Sometimes it's a, like like Moses holding a staff and running shoes and things like that. And sometimes it's intangible. Sometimes it's hospitality. Sometimes it's leadership. That gift is so important and our world needs good leaders. And I think that if we truly look at what's in our hand as the gifts and the abilities and the talents that the Lord has given us, then we can say, okay, God, here's what I have right now and I want you to use it right here, right now. I think that there's bigger things coming, but what do you want to do right now? And then it's that having that courage to say yes. In the book, we talk about that's all he needs. He needs our yes. And that's something I repeat to myself often because there's always things that we run into in life that are scary or intimidating, Um, but it's one step after the other. When we say, Lord, here's what's in my hand, take it. Yes, that's that's a yes moment. And then there's going to be another moment where he puts something in front of us and we have to say yes. And we take another step and another step. And before you know it, like Christy and I with this book, then we had a book. <laughs> but it was one step after the other for us um, in so many ways of saying, God, here's what I have in my hand. I'm going to say yes in this moment and trust that you're going to take us to that next step. And I'm going to Trust that you're going to provide the courage in that next moment to say yes again. Wow. I love it. Just running shoes and a staff and your leadership skills and whatever it is he's put in your heart. And like you said, it's that yes. And what I see is you give him one yes, he's going to continue. He sees the willing. Mm -hmm. He sees the willing and he's going to pour his heart and turn himself towards the willing. And so when you say yes to one thing, he's going to ask you to say yes to another thing and another thing, but it all goes back to like being delighted in the Lord. He's going to give you the desires of your heart, but he puts those desires in your heart. And so it just, I think it's just this full circle of delight. And so, you know, if you're willing to say yes to him, he's going to delight in you to give you 
what you need to complete that yes. And then he's going to ask of you again for that new yes. And it's just like the cyclical, but that's how miraculous things happen. You mentioned the shoes. You mentioned the book. Where else has God really shown up for you in areas that you've taken like courageous steps with yourself? And then also I'd love to see or hear the women at Braverly. Yeah, absolutely. And just to touch back a little bit what you said, that cycle, I think that too, that cycle takes us back to rest and it takes us back to resting in who the Father is and and what He's done for us. And then that gives us the courage to take those next steps. And, and I've seen that in my life as well. You know, the book is such a big example for, for myself and for Christy, just taking one step after the other. I would say too, you know, sometimes when we think about courage, we think about these really big things like writing a book or moving across the world to Thailand or right now, like I moved to Chicago and live here with my husband and we do ministry. And I also think that there's moments in our everyday life that sometimes they don't look as, I don't know, maybe not as noteworthy or something like that. They don't feel as important. But I think in my life, I think about the ministry that I'm doing here in Chicago. I do a lot of home visits with families. And I remember the very first home visit I did, I was terrified because we're we're walking into homes with families. You're not really sure what you're stepping into. There's so many needs in the neighborhood here. Truly, we are a neighborhood of mainly refugees, mainly immigrants, people who are just trying to figure out life in America. They're filling out a million forms that I am not qualified to help with, but they lean into me because I speak the language. And I have seen the Lord be so, so faithful as I've said yes to even home visits with families, to saying yes to relationships with families where we speak very broken English to each other and we're trying to figure each other out. There's one family that that I got to serve for every week for a year. And those first couple of visits were super intimidating, super scary of like, what if this family doesn't like me? Like what if I go and I build these relationships and and nothing happens or they just really don't want me to come back? Like what if I pour all this time in and I also find out I'm not even good at this, that I'm not great at building relationships. And this family, I got to serve them for a year. It was just consistency. And and again, saying that yes, little bit by little bit, every week saying yes. And now it's been two and a half years and this family, they've gone through crisis after crisis. And by God's grace, like I've been someone that they call time and time again. And that, that relationship has deepened. And this is a family that is far from Jesus. And so every time I get to go and be with them and say yes to the Lord, even in those really intimidating and moments where I feel very insecure, um, the Lord has blessed that time and again, just through building that relationship with them and providing opportunities to speak truth and life into them. But it was truly, honestly, like I, I can't stress enough how much it was every week just saying, okay, God, I'm going to go this week again. And I don't know what's going to happen. I don't. I have no idea what I'm going to encounter when I get to their home. But through those yeses, the Lord has shown up time and time again, even just providing favor for me in that family's life, which is incredible. And, and we've seen that with the women at Braverly as well. I think of two women in particular. They work in the sewing center and 
And when they first came, they had some sewing experience, but they had a lot of dreams and a lot of big dreams for their life and for their kids. And and as the sewing center has grown, we've pushed them into leadership positions and they're fully capable of it, but it's it's scary and it's super intimidating for them. And and I think that for any of us, when we're pushed into maybe another level of our work or our leadership, whatever it is, that's super intimidating. Um, but now these women, after a couple of years of just that, that transition and growing in their leadership, they're essentially running these homework centers, the homework centers, I'm sorry, these sewing centers, and they're managing these other women and they're truly leaning into their leadership capacity, their abilities. They're living with more confidence. They're walking with more confidence and, and they're living more wholeheartedly. And that gets me so excited because we can all experience that in our lives if we just have the courage, like I said, just one yes after the other, trusting the Lord that He's going to provide what we need in those moments. Someday we're going to look back and be like, wow, I remember how scared I was at the beginning, but now look where God has brought me. And so I've seen that in my life. We've seen it time and again at Braverly, and I know so many others who've experienced that as well as they've just said yes to the Lord. It takes time and it takes the Lord. Really, it just it takes time. And I think there's an element of just the devil in there too. You made a comment that struck me, and this is normal. We all have these thoughts, but you had said, you know, what if I realize I'm not even good at this? And I think that is a something the devil puts in our mind. These thoughts of that attack our courage. These thoughts of what if I even realize like I'm not good enough? What if people don't realize I'm good enough? What if I fail at this? And these these words of a lack of encouragement, you know, they really just stifle us and put this wall up that don't allow us to trust in the Lord and be courageous in Him and trust that He does have good plans for us and that if we give Him our yes, He's going to make sure that He gives us the resources, He gives us the people, He gives us the physical and mental things that we need to complete it. So just always reminding ourselves that these thoughts that we have that are um, not obedient to the Lord, that is not just us, but there's some play in there of Satan wanting to stop us from doing exactly what the Lord wants us to do with those those big dreams or little steps or whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, Christy and I talk about this a lot, and I think this is an idea that we've stolen from, I mean, many people um, will probably say this, but... So often um, we talk about that fear just points its sword at the the area where we maybe the Lord is calling us or the area of just greatest impact. And so we shouldn't be surprised when that fear comes. And, and it truly is sometimes just like you said, the work of the enemy who's trying to keep us stuck where we are and not obedient and courageous in following Jesus. Mm-hmm. And do it afraid. That's what a previous podcast guest, uh, Pastor Becca, Ketterling had said, do it afraid, because that's been her whole ministry, and God has done some amazing things through that, and He can do amazing things through you, too. You don't have to know what you're doing. Just (laughs) do it afraid if you need to do it, because that's what most of us are doing. It just looks like we know what we're doing. We don't know what we're doing. (laughs) Absolutely. I can't stress that more. (laughs) Yeah, only God does. 
So you wrote this verse in the book, and it's the Passion Translation of Luke 14, verses 26 through 28. And I want to read it because it really struck me. When you follow me as my disciple, you must put aside your father, your mother, your wife, your sisters, your brothers. It will even seem as though you hate your own life. This is the price you'll pay to be considered one of my followers. Anyone who comes to me must be willing to share my cross and experience it as his own, or he cannot be considered to be my disciple. So don't follow me without considering what it will cost you. And this is so true as I have been following in the path of faith and gather and really maturing in my faith. And the Lord has asked me to really carry this torch of the message of obedience. And, you know, obviously, if you're going to carry a torch of any message, you're going to be challenged in that area. So I really want to know what has your bravery. So you've done a lot of brave things. You are continuing to do brave things as you step into your role. What has your bravery and obedience cost you? And then on that flip side, there's always, I mean, there's always going to be a cost, but there's always just something glorious that God gives you on that other side of it. So what is the cost, but what also is that amazing story or that amazing outcome that he has given you as well? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. And you know what? I literally was having a conversation with a friend earlier about this. I think that the cost of whatever brave steps there have been in my life, it's been anything from going to Thailand. The cost was being far from my family. And it was being far from people that I loved so much when big things were happening. My nephew was born, I was gone, you know, things like that. Now here in the neighborhood, the cost is time. (laughs) The cost is um, you're pouring out so much. The cost is For me in my life, I've seen the cost be so much of things like time, things like being close with people whom I love, like physically close to them. But at the same time, what you just said, the benefit has been seeing the Lord work. And that is beautiful. I've seen him work in my life, which man, we all need a heart change like every single day. Um, So I've seen you know, even when I was in Thailand so far, the cost was being so far from family. I got to see the Lord work in my heart in ways that I'll never be the same after living in Thailand and getting to work with the team there, the women there. I got to see him, yeah, move in their lives too. And then here in Chicago, it's time. It's a lot of, we're doing very hands-on messy work that you know, we're working with within other people's timetables. And so you kind of just have to give up a lot of things, your expectations, your time, your, what you would like. So there's, I'd like to say that I am a pretty selfless person, but I am a human being. So I have to constantly work through that. But at the same time, I think of, you know, the family that I shared about earlier, all of that time that was given to them, all of those nights where I just would rather be home, (laughs) but instead I was at their house. I've watched the Lord plant seeds in their life that I know someday, you know, the Lord's word never returns void. And so I know that the seeds that I've been able to plant into their life, I know that it's going to do something in their life someday. And, And I hope that it leads them to Jesus. I think that with every cost whether it's been emotional or mental or like this physical thing of space and time and things like that, I've always gotten to see him work 
more. And I think that he works, I mean, he's going to do whatever he's going to do, right? But I've seen the work be even more beautiful, sometimes even more fruitful, the more that I am willing to give up or to um, that cost that we, we have to count as I have truly surrendered more. I've seen him come through in so many beautiful ways. And then there's other moments where I hold really tightly to things. <laughs> and, and I think that that affects just the work that gets done, the work for the kingdom and the work in people's lives. And in my own life, when my heart is hardened, <laughs> um, there's not a lot of work getting done <laughs> in renewing my heart and changing it. And so you're so right that there is a cost and there's a surrender that comes in following Jesus and living courageously. And it can be really painful in those moments and difficult, but the reward is getting to see the Lord move and work. And that is beautiful. I find it interesting that you said surrender instead of sacrifice. And I really appreciate that and love that. Because that's something that's been I've been dealing with in my own life right now. And my husband and I are having these conversations. And he just recently went to the Middle East for a missions trip. And what he took away was, you know, he's there with the missionaries. And he could see that the Lord asked them, clearly asked them to move thousands upon thousands of miles away from their family into an area that isn't friendly to Christians and completely change their life, put them in a culture that is totally different. You know, they're the minority. Yet he was seeing them at this dinner and they were laughing and they were having fun together. And he just sat there looking at them thinking, like, that is joy. Like being able to find joy within the obedience where God calls you to and being able to find it. So knowing the cost, surrendering your life, having that cost, but then the ultimate joy, the ultimate happiness, as we like to say, is when we are doing things that the Lord has called us to, that's the ultimate fulfillment of fulfilling what he desires for us and for his will and for his glory. And so that's something that we're kind of on a mission right now for and continue for the rest of our life to be on that mission. And so I love how you had said that it's a surrender and not a sacrifice. And listeners, you'll probably hear me say sacrifice many times coming up here in future podcasts. So please remind me it's surrender. But I love how you you had said that because it's a total shift in mindset. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. And thank you for just the good words that you were saying here, you know, you had said the Lord will never return void. His words will never return void. You know, the Bible says that, but when you said words, I also thought of works. So anything that the Lord ever does will never return void of works or words, whatever it is. So thank you for just sharing your message. Thank you for being surrendered to the Lord and his will and being obedient because you are changing people's lives, doing the little things and the big things every day. So thank you for this book, for the encouraging book. It was a fantastic book. I read through it. So thank you for sharing that with me to prepare me for this message. But where can someone find the book and then also connect with you on social media or website or whatever it may be that you have for them? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for this conversation. I always love getting to chat about it because I think it's so important, no matter if you're in ministry, if you're far away, if you're in the workplace, and it's so important that we talk about these things. If you would like to purchase a copy of the book, it's available wherever books are sold online. So Barnes & Noble, Amazon, all those places. 
If you're looking for specific links, it's also, we have a website, a place called braverly.com. There you can purchase the book or you can find all the other links to your favorite bookstore or Amazon because everyone apparently loves Amazon. And you can follow me. I'm on Instagram, Kate Berkey. I'm also on YouTube, Kate Berkey. My co-author and I have um, our own little podcast where we're talking about courage and talking with some friends just about what courage looks like in their life. So you can find me there as well or at kateberkey.com. Wonderful. And I will have those in the show notes for people to grab as well if they want to connect with you. But thank you again, Kate. Just really appreciate you and your heart and your message. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been delightful. Oh my goodness. What a heart and life on mission for the Lord. What message did the Lord highlight for you in our conversation? Whatever it is, I challenge you to take action on it today. Complete one small or big, brave, and courageous step today in the direction of where God is calling you. There will be things that you need to surrender but his joy will be so worth it. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with those who need to hear it. Let's grow in our faith, boldness, bravery, and courage together. Love and prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.